everyone to the rest podcast, where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion, chaos, and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life. I am your host, Natalie Williams, and I am here with the author of The Reconstitution Method for Healing and Rest, Virginia Dixon. Hi, Natalie. Hi, Virginia. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so excited for today. As am I. <laughs> I know. Nitros is back. Yeah. You have been traveling so much lately. Mexico City. You went home to Austria. So welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. Nitro, I decided while I'm sitting here looking at you, and of course, we had a little bit of time to chat before the podcast, but I just decided I, I wish I could just shrink you really small, <laughs> put you in my pocket and carry you around with me so we can can have conversations regularly about many things that we both experience in a realm that a lot of people aren't comfortable talking about and your art reflects. So I want to jump right in. And Natalie kind of filled, I'm writing a book. The manuscript should be completed by June, but I'm spending an enormous amount of time writing alone here tucked away in the canyon and i'm so happy to see life and to be able to have this discussion with you see a human face that's right (laughs) but by way of recap basically you're born in austria um, especially for people that didn't hear the first two episodes and you were born and raised in austria born and raised in austria yes born and raised in austria you kind of got really specific about some early childhood memories. And really, I think what's fascinating is that you really connect a lot of dots. And I think it's important for people to understand, for our listening audience to understand your worldview. I think these early childhood experiences play right into what rest is all about and understanding that the story of our lives aren't just an accumulation of experiences, but it's a story of the story of the story of the story of our parents, 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 and having context for the shaping influences those things have in our lives and the work that we do in the places we find ourselves in are really significant. But what I found gripping is when you shared about your father, the impact, the influence of your father and your grandfather. And they were both hunters, by the way. Mm-hmm. And your art can be still, still they, they were and they are. Or and my dad. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But my, many, my grandpa passed away in 2013. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, the experiences, your early childhood experiences and the relationship you had with them shaped and informed much of your worldview and is reflected in a great deal of your art as I see it, because you, your art reflects a lot of anatomy Mm -hmm. and they were both hunters. So that was a very natural part of your upbringing of, and curiosity, right? The anatomy. And that's what we basically reviewed in the first few episodes. Your art is controversial. I hope so. (laughs) that's the point (laughs) artists have restless hearts Mm -hmm. Ned and I were talking about this before and thank God it's governed by many unique disciplines and you find expression for that restlessness in art but it can be complicated and it can be confusing for people looking and experiencing your art and I take art very seriously because I think we're the product of the artist of all artists, which is the creative hand of a living God, a personal, intimate living God. So I'm always curious mm. about what inspires your art. But the controversy basically that I see is that it's either viewed as 
brilliant and the anatomy and how you depict anatomy is just provocative, right? And there's this wisdom, this crazy wild wisdom that is reflected in your art. But then another way to look at your art is it's overwhelming and a little bit offensive. And there seems to be a dark and sexual violent component to it, which by the way, now makes perfect sense to me in context of your story, right? Which we cover in episodes one and two. We don't have to recap those, Yeah, but you have a lot more to say after those two episodes. So I want you to take us to the next step. I feel like, you know, what we talked last time was, was definitely my childhood and everyone's childhood influences outlook at the world or whatever is happening to you later or whatever like how you shape reality in that sense Uh, but it's not just that it's like it's like your emotions to what you experience and the things you experience you don't know where they come from Mm -hmm. and having the desire of setting yourself free of of those things you experience where you don't really know how because you actually love what you experience because it's mostly it's connected to your family right so you love them but you also know some deep inside you know that i might need to set myself a little bit more free to really be who i'm supposed to be so it creates that inner Turmoil? It's definitely like like turmoil. You know? Yeah, it's, it's, like, a res- you know. it's a wrestling. You're like yeah. striving to connect with something. Yes, that shapes too because it's like you pick up all those things and you don't know what to do with it in the first 20 years of your life, right? Yeah. And, and so that's how you- it was to, to me. I, I really needed to to find a way how to express myself, right? You're saying some big things. So let's just pause here for a second. So when you say definitely we're a product of of a heritage that seldom do we fully understand, Mm. but it's in the context of our real life experiences that Mm. you say you're wrestling for something to get in touch with something. What was that thing in your life? Well, I felt I was trapped. Like Mm -hmm. my whole childhood, I felt I was trapped and I was just looking for inner peace, I guess, already as a kid. And I I realized when I start drawing, I can get there somewhere. But also I realized more and more, I was like, whatever I wanted to draw, I couldn't. So you found expression in drawing yes, or did you found a portal, a door in drawing? at, at, At the beginning was, or for a long time, it was... I have things in my head I wanted to express. I wanted to say something and I had pictures and I wanted to paint and get as close as possible to what I I see inside. At three years old, you had a very specific experience and we don't need to recap yeah, it. That, it's that, in- is, that is one, for example, which has definitely influenced me. But that is like one experience. It, what I'm talking about is more like a fundamental situation that that I realize I draw things and I can't. Mm. so again i feel trapped so and but i knew in this case i knew the way out that means more drawing more practice yeah more trying to really visualize and like be able to do it so i i stayed with it and i learned and i learned but the thing is like i realize so the the painting and the, the skill at a certain age or maybe forever Maybe that's the curse of the artist that yeah. he never can express what's going on inside of him, or he mm-hmm. at least tries till the end mm-hmm. of his lifetime mm-hmm. that he, you know, whatever 
talks to him inside the visions, the ideas, whatever that he can't fully express, but it's not a visual thing. It's more like an emotional thing, which creates the visual. I think it's a spiritual thing. I think it's, no. yeah, <laughs> it's a spiritual thing. And yes. I think the heart of an artist, the heart of creativity is really close to that of God. Yeah. And of, of the creative design of things. Let's talk a little bit about the polarity in the perspective of how people interpret your art. You did mention it a little bit, but I want to go deeper. I want you to speak to the person who says, I see death, I see darkness, and I am conflicted. At the same time, I see a brilliance in his art. That's amazing. He does what he does with a spray can. But there's something that is dark in the art. Talk to me about that for a minute. Yeah. So when I was younger, there was definitely a lot of darkness always, mm -hmm. even more darker than what you see now, much more dark, actually. But let's just look back to the, the, the time after the out-of-body experiences, right? So something, something happened there where I really started to communicate to something inside of me, which was, which was definitely dark, It was dark, and where did that darkness come from? But it was an expression of my emotions to certain uh, feelings, how, how, how it made me feel to not know what the hell is going on with me. And I glitched the Matrix uh, like seven times a year and always while I'm sitting in a car, and that is actually very dangerous, right? Yeah. I so. think, well, I think there's people listening to what you're saying that relate to what you're saying yeah. and don't have art as a form of expression yeah. of mm. that kind of darkness. And the reason I'm saying this is because I think art does reflect profoundly spiritual truths of a drama that's playing out outside of our consciousness. Mm. And there's something about your art that grasps that, that reflects that, yes. that tells that story. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> and I want this to connect with people outside of the abstract language that you and I could talk to about. But there's very practical things happening in the life of our listeners mm. who are in a very, very, very dark place. And mm. a lot of them, I'll just go as far as to say, are devout Christians, are people of devout faith. <laughs> So there's this necessary conversation in this day and age about the polarity that your art reflects. And there's a concept of good and evil, light and dark, what's true and what's not. But it's a very real struggle. Mm -hmm. And I'll just just be blunt and take you right to where I want to go. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or, or something that, that we need to discuss. For example, the Grammys. Okay. <laughs> There was a whole segment of a very talented by the way created and creative individuals that did an amazing job but really from a spiritual standpoint it represented everything Baal and the ancient cultures spoke of and depicted and there's many much much literature written of it of the pagan gods and worship of the pagan gods and i'm seeing an emergence of that in entertainment certainly what happened with Valenciaga and many other art forms and entertainment. And we're seeing it displayed in government and in politics and not to get into crazy into the symbolism <laughs> and all of those fears. But we are seeing 
an exposure or clarity about the influence of these pagan ideas of reality that, by the way, are very real, right? These pagan expressions of reality, they're very real, but they're connected in a very intimate way to the spiritual realm. And a lot of people listening to you right now, they don't have language for what I just said entirely, nor do they have the ability to communicate what you're experiencing. But there is this pull, this struggle people have to decide between, between light and dark. And I'm just wondering, because I see that to some extent, you're very honest about your pilgrimage in the midst of this struggle. You're very real and you're very much a part of that narrative in the spiritual realm. But you have a form of expression, which is your art. And then a person like me understands what's happening to you and what you're experiencing. And I can talk to you about it. Mm. But what's the practical reality that these were some really dark, tormenting spiritual things, I would venture to say encounters with the dark side of the spiritual realm. How did you survive that? A person listening to this is like, okay, this sounds like really weird. This sounds like it's kind of out there. But Natalie, behind closed doors, I deal with this every single day. Oh, yeah. And I'm dealing with the reality of this, these polarizing ideas and how they're manifesting in very practical ways in people's lives, right? Mm. So I want to make this practical for people listening, saying, holy crap, I didn't realize that when I was two years old, when I was seven years old, when I was 14 years old, that I really had an encounter with Mm. something dark pulling at me. And I thought I was crazy and I never talked to a living soul about it. But the influence of that dark voice really took me down some terrible rabbit trails in my life that led me to devastating experiences. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I want you to speak to that. How do you know you're still not in it? So, yes, there are demons, but you only go down in darkness when you're fearless. To a certain degree. Okay, repeat that again. You're You're only able to go down in darkness when you're fearless. And that is something you don't know about yourself in the first place. What does it mean to go down in darkness when you are fearless? What do you mean by that? You know, you encounter your demons or other demons. That's just mostly it's your demons because they wouldn't connect to you and they are not connected to you already. You know, wherever that comes from. The question is, are you afraid of them? Which means, are you going to give them power Over over, over you? Which means... With fear, you give them power over you. That means, on some level, you are controlled. And this is what, exactly what I was saying. And by the way, I, I felt I, like I was controlled by some demons and I wanted to set myself free. <laughs> and I knew this since I came back into this life. Yeah. Let's just say it how, how it is. Are you free from those demons now? Or do you say, no, I'm still in this pilgrimage of discovery? Let's say the the demons which wanted me to go down in darkness and I made peace with because I have gotten to a point where I'm way more fearless than I was. And they have done their job. They also have a job. So the job of those demons was me to confront me with their fear. And it is on me if I can... And to persuade compliance. Yeah. And it's to persuade compliance. Like, come on, my demon. What are you going to do? Or is it going to be... <laughs> bring oh, it on. Yeah, bring it on. Yeah. At <laughs> yeah. some point, I feel like especially, you know, in 
in 2016, I got really sick and uh, it took me a while to get to this place because I was afraid of the future. Mm. So that is a hell of a demon. Yeah. You know? Fear fear <laughs> is the worst. Yes. But eventually I was like, when when I started to understand all this, so the fact that I'm even sitting here is that I started to understand all this. Right. Do you know that 365 times in the Bible, it's the command is do not be afraid. Because man is made a spirit, a soul, and a body, right? Mm. As you well know. And 365 times, it is the command. I think it's 365. It's it 360, is. is it? It's 365, yeah. It's one less and, than a leap year. <laughs> yeah. And guess what? It's the most consistent command given in the entire Bible. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Because when you think about it, and I try to think about this through the prism of many of your experiences and the things we've shared, but you're made in the image of a spirit, a soul, and a body of a tangible triune being created. And the reason what you're saying is so important to me, because I see that that is really the path to healing. But it's so vividly illustrated in your art and the reason i say have you encountered total peace and freedom or are you still in process of experiencing it because of your recent art has provoked a lot of questions for me that i wanted to talk to you about you see see, there's there's two things you can create from you know i would say you can create from your darkness from the fear and from the experiences which linger in in Mm. with you in spirit or in your genetic memory or whatever you know what the visions come from me which torment you which uh, connect to trauma or you can actually create from love but in the end it doesn't really matter it really depends how much power you give it i can still paint from dark places but I'm not tormented by darkness anymore. It doesn't even like, so in the end it's, it's, it's about creating balance clearly. That's right. But one gives life, right? What inspires you to create from darkness and what inspires you to create from a place of love? Again, this is, if I, if I create from love, there's definitely someone out there who could say I'd actually create from darkness or from, Mm -hmm. and is it even, is it even like the Jedi and the Sith Mm. You know, like, is it even mm-hmm. like the dark uh, force and the light force? Like in Star Wars, it's just not like that. Yeah. I kind of have a comment on this, too. So, like, I'm not an expert at this at all. But, like, I, I love to sketch and I love to draw as well. I haven't done it in many years at this point. But whenever I am more inspired to draw, it's usually when I'm in a darker place or I'm, you know, feeling a lot of emotions that are more on like the negative spectrum. And it's a way for me to kind of just get that out. And like, I don't know what it is, but it it has this like artistic drive to it. And it definitely brings about almost like a meditative state, like a calming type. It's um, a release. It's another form of of release. But at the same time, it's, it's not that like, you know, I'm going down the rabbit hole in this. And at the same time, I think that for a lot of artists that are experts, they have the ability to tap into those strong negative emotions, that dark area without being overwhelmed by it. But it's in order to express and create their art while also, it's, it's does that make be, sense? It, yeah, it, and it, it makes total sense. It's like the answer to that is just the act of creating grounds them. That's yeah. why they can handle 
yeah all the darkness what is the message you want to communicate through your art (laughs) a lot of messages but first before we go into this i wanted to say like after when i was 19 20 and i really decided that i'm i'm gonna dedicate my life to art is because there was a point that I realized the turmoil which was going on inside of me and with 19, after those uh, out-of-body experiences, I came to a point where I was about to explode. So, mm-hmm. so because the visions coming through didn't let me sleep, didn't let me think logically, I was completely overwhelmed with all the messages and that means I was also more and more disconnected from this reality where the system wanted me to like, hey, have some good grades. Hey, do, do some Conform, st- do, yeah. Yeah, study, like, yeah, perform like this three-dimensional thing we, ex- we, we want you to integrate mm-hmm. so you can be a, a person of this society. And I'm like, damn, I have millions of things speaking to me. How shall I study math right now? I realized when I started to paint and draw, it like deflated. Mm-hmm. Not very long, mm-hmm. but it did. Yeah. But over the years later on, and the graffiti was also necessary because it was, I was moving, you know, I was mm-hmm. mo- like, so I was not just sitting. I needed a, a spirit, body, mind experience. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, so that's why I went out and I started to paint and I started to get bigger and bigger and more detailed, but still with the drive that I have to balance the dark visions arising from in, within. And on some point in 2015-16, the messages I got were so extremely clear what was going on with me. Like, same time I tried to balance it, I was still almost feeding of the darkness. Mm. So I, I felt yeah. like I became more of a dark being just by doing what I did just like angry yeah. so the anger came to surface Hold on. so what you're saying is so important i don't want this to be abstract and there are points and some things that mm. you're saying that i need to pause on mm-hmm. because you, i want you to explain so at 19 years old when things became very very complicated for you well, because it you got know, dark it's it's a late puberty or whatever and and it's just like who am i the big question is, who am I? Who am I going to be? Who do I want to be? And for achieving who I want to be is to be free. Right, to be free, which is the hunger of every soul is freedom. But you give very specific narratives to those voices mm. and a very specific identity to those voices. You speak to this confusion and chaos and dis-ease at that juncture in your life Mm. with a very specific narrative and it's complex Mm. because these voices didn't just pop up in your head at 19. These voices, this conflict had been emerging and compounding and it almost reached a feverish pitch. These voices reached a feverish pitch at this particular junction in your life. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me that as like Natalie pointed out in her story, but you told me that you found a release and outlet for that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you encountered their darkness and you gave them a voice in your art. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I did that 
to in attempt to balance myself. Did you reach that balance? Almost there. <laughs> Almost um, there. So what I what I have understood is the journey of rising through darkness into a, an, another level of vibration, a place where our soul wants to go. The journey is passing through the the, the three dimensional field with letting go of everything what keeps us more in survival mode mm. you know it's more like like i had this this conversation already in the morning it's like it's about living actually living and existing in peace not just trying to survive i feel like the the big fundamental issue we have is that we we are pushed into a state of survival constantly. We need to make this money, da, 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 and it's, it it gets such an intense energy with us that there's no we don't even see the way out because how should we? The thing is, like you can get to a point where you where you don't worry, and because you can just be. But here's the thing: without reconciling the energies from the things that you've encountered in the spiritual realm mm. and the origin of those things, mm. I don't think there is a way to find peace within and in and of yourself. Because at the end of the day, you have to define what good is and what evil is, what light is and what dark is. And you made some interesting points. You recognize darkness. You recognize the torment it brought about in you and your hunger and your desire is for what I hear from everybody a hundred percent of the time, all the time. And you said it right here for peace and freedom. That is the hunger of every soul. Mm -hmm. I think just encountering and defining the good and the evil, the light and the dark, the good energy, the bad energy, however you want to mm -hmm. talk about mm -hmm. this information system. And we talk about this all the time with Natalie. However you want to define them, that's a very real struggle that humanity has to come to face with. Mm -hmm. I don't think by just defining those things, I don't think that's the end of the no, journey I'm, that's not going to give us peace and freedom just no, no, defining no, exactly. that these things exist exactly so it's, what, more, it's more about like whatever is lying and tormenting the soul is something we we are here in this three-dimensional plane in this mm -hmm. experience of matter and life and mm -hmm. human experience here we can transform well and then we can get rid of all this stuff and be on the point where we're like this is actually great <laughs> I just yeah. don't think that's been experienced by a single human being throughout time and for generations. And I, I don't, I don't see when I take inventory of world history and when I look back at the beginning of time, and this is a drama that precedes that. And I understand that, right? We have worldviews of a drama that precedes this, but the fact that these polarities exist, the question is, at some point, we have to ask yourself, how did has this drama played out 
in the context of world history. I mentioned the book Return of the Gods by mm-hmm. Jonathan Kahn, and I want our listening audience to be aware of it. You can go on YouTube and look for the longest recording you can on what he talks about. Because what you illustrate through such powerful means on a canvas, he has taken historical inventory, mm-hmm. philosophical inventory, mm-hmm. and he certainly takes art. It's manifested in art. This mm-hmm. pilgrimage that he addresses about the dark trinity in very specific terms, he substantiates the merit of it throughout history, mm-hmm. and it's irrefutable. And I'm just wondering, at the end of the day, in all of our lives, there is this clash between little gods that manifest in this and the big God. Mm. Like the universe is is fine-tuned to sustain life, and everything in our very anatomy bears witness of that, right? Mm. Of that one true, personal, intimate, living God that says, You were meant for more than this. There's that quiet, still voice we all have since Mm -hmm. the beginning of time. And then we all have this pull that you've defined really well in manifested in these dark conversations and these dark voices. I think everybody listening can identify with this. But at some point in the pilgrimage of our life, we have to reconcile. First of all, and I love how you said it, which one you're going to feed, which one you're going to align yourself with. But I don't think we can stop there to find the peace and the freedom that you speak to. No, I'm, I'm, I think you're right. For me, it's more like, you know, I got really sick. Like, that was that was my point. I got really, really sick, and that was no fun, you know. My body was breaking down completely. I didn't digest. I had all kinds of things. I was tired. I didn't have the energy as I usually have. I was sleeping a lot i felt very depressed and uh with understanding that whatever happened to me physically it was connected to what happened to me the shift which is actually i was actually pushed to or i was literally pushed into like hey it's time for you to clear out this stuff which has been tormenting your soul because you're physically actually like rottening from the inside Mm. and there's doctors that speak They've been writing about this for millennia, right? But specifically, the work of Dr. Homer is so intimately connected to what you don't reconcile. It's going to manifest in these disease states in the body and the trauma that the brain and the bo- that the brain mitigates for a little bit, but mm-hmm. you do not reconcile will show up in disease states. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting you mentioned your stomach. The stomach and the brain are really intricately connected, as you all well know. But what we consume, whatever we're consuming, ultimately has to be digested. And when the body cannot digest what it's consuming spiritually, emotionally, physically, it's going to break down. So I just looked up a uh, a document that we have that is called Emotions and Disease, and it's by Dr. Homer. So Dr. Homer's findings. So when he talks about like disease of the stomach, it specifically refers to indigestible anger and that you've swallowed too much. 
I think exactly. that's so interesting based it's on the context inter- exactly. of what we just talked about. Yeah. And that's exactly the things we thank you, Natalie, for pulling that up. Yeah. That's exactly the stuff we're talking about. So mm. when we're talking about cancer, autoimmune diseases, breast cancer, and everything, yes. we can directly connect it to an unresolved conflict. Yes. But in the next section, what I'd like to talk to you about is still this thing we're left with. What is the root? What are we left with to reason in the polarity of these worldviews? Evil is very real. And good, goodness and light is very real. And I know existentialists and a lot of creative artists say they're the same. And I argue they're not. They're different. Because at the end of the day, we have to choose to the point that you made which one you will will have dominion over your life. You chose to ex- the expression of art. So I want to continue this conversation with that in your more recent art that's very provocative. And I think you have a lot to say about it. Sure. <laughs> of course, it's like my whole work is based on the, you know, the, let's just say the space in between. The space in between. Yeah. It is. And it's provocative. Yeah. And it's polarizing. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot to say about that. And I just love being a part of your pilgrimage and listening to you. Yeah. Anyway, I hope this wasn't too wild for people listening. <laughs> Sorry, Natalie. I know, Natalie, I can't even have Natalie breathe because I'm going to lose my track. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Thanks. All right. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you. All right, everyone. If you want to get in touch with Nichos or learn more about his art, please go to Nichos.com. You can also find him on Instagram at Nichos. For updates about rest and this podcast, please visit our Instagram or Facebook, The Place of Rest. If you would like more information about Virginia or to support and join the cause of rest, please go to virginiadixon.com forward slash collaborate or call 949-289-5935. Thank you for listening to Rest with Virginia Dixon. We'll see you next week.